Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... seduced by the ancient legends of time, according to the poet. Yes, the story of the world is a series of legends, and when one loses its appeal, it is soon replaced by another, and thus we find ourselves farther and farther away from the original truth, assuming, of course, that there was an original truth to begin with. You have been tried and found wanting... You are therefore to become a slave. A slave? Do you know who I am back home? I'm Jonas McDowell. I own banks, textile mills, automobile companies. We do not know what those things are. I'm a financial genius, don't you understand? We only understand that you cannot hunt, cook, fish. Fight or heal the sick. You have no real or useful skills. Therefore, to earn your bread here, you will fetch and carry and do as you are told. The Acquisition was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tony Roberts. I'll be back shortly. There are those who say that too much of the world's wealth is in the hands of too few of the people. They advocate, therefore, a redistribution. There are others who claim that this would only be an exercise in futility because, after a while, the very many would find themselves with very little and the very few would once again wind up with very much. Whether or not this is true, I don't know. I do know this, however. It is four in the afternoon. An expensive-looking automobile is at the side of the turnpike. A man is standing there, looking at it, with a most helpless look on his face. Now, a rather modest-looking car slows down and pulls over. Hi, uh, something wrong? Uh, my car seems to be out of order. What's the matter? Well, if I knew what was the matter, I could fix it myself. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, may I help you? Yes, uh, you could give me a lift to the nearest garage or service station. Well, what, what seems to be the problem with the car? Huh, quite simply, it won't go. Are you out of gas? Uh, my dear lady, if you're willing to give me a lift, I'll reward you most handsomely. Uh, may I get into your car? I'm very pressed for time. Before you do that, why don't I get out and have a look under the hood? Well, what would you know about automobiles? What you meant to say was, what would a woman know about automobiles? Why don't we just lift this up? 
Oh, I must say, this is the most beautiful car I've ever seen. Well, it should be. It's an Isota Rivera. I just bought it last week. It must have cost a fortune. That would depend upon how you would define fortune. Well, I know this is a rather personal question, but uh, may I ask the price? The price? Yes, the price I paid is a matter of record. Seventy-eight million dollars. For this car? For this one, uh, plus seven thousand dollars, plus the company that makes them. It's a bit high, perhaps, but the name is worth it. Wait a minute. I know who you are. I've seen your picture. You're Jonas McDowell, the boy wonder of Wall Street. Mm. Guilty as charged. Oh, you're not such a boy either. (laughs) You look to be at least forty. Do you suppose that we could be on our way, Miss, uh... How did you know I was a miss? I just assumed. Did you? You seem to have a certain partness. Which would alienate men? No, 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 no. Does it alienate you? You don't have to answer that. Oh, here's the problem. A loose wire to the coil. Speedily mended. See? See what? The coil. What's the coil? What's the coil? You are going to manufacture these automobiles and you don't know what the coil is? I don't have to know what the coil is or where it is or what it does. Do you know what the distributor is? My dear Miss... um... Plunkett. Estelle Plunkett. Mm -hmm. I do not know what the distributor is, nor the generator, nor any one of the seemingly infinite number of parts and components that make up this vehicle. You also own companies that make electrical appliances. Are you equally ignorant concerning their functions? More so. At least I can drive a car, but I wouldn't know how to operate a washing machine. And you own construction companies that build bridges and dams and oil refineries. Would you know how to do any of that work yourself? Absolutely not. Well, then, if I may ask, what do you know how to do? I know how to make money. money, I hire engineers and technicians and craftsmen, clerks and scientists. You can buy anything you need in this world. And anyone. And anyone. Hmm. If you get behind the wheel of this magnificent automobile, which you know nothing at all about... But I know everything about it. I know the balance sheet. I know the profitability. I know... Yes, yes, I'm sure you do. Well, all you need to do now is turn the ignition key and drive away. Well, thank you very much, but you must let me... Oh, um... please, please, put your money away. What are you laughing at? Well... Your face. You're quite disturbed. You're, you're quite put out. You have just met someone who has actually done you a service for nothing. It upsets your entire philosophy of life. But I can assure you, sir, there are many people like me in this world. I know. And most of you wind up in the poorhouse. Good day, Miss Plunkett. I find nothing organically wrong. Why do I have trouble falling asleep? Are you upset about anything, Mr. McDowell? No, certainly not. Your blood pressure, pulse, respiration, temperature, these are no. All the other tests, 
negative. In other words, you don't know what's wrong with me. I'm afraid not. Fellows like me, we get blackjacked by social pressures to donate millions to medical research. And I walk into this gleaming edifice created by my dollars, and none of you great men of medicine can tell me what ails me. Mr. McDowell, what do you do when you're not working? I am always working. Do you have any hobbies? Hobbies? Golf, tennis, fishing. I don't need any hobbies. I enjoy my work. I don't need a release from it. I don't need an escape from it. But something is missing. I can't imagine what it is. A woman. I can have a woman anytime I want one, Doctor. I'm not talking about that kind of woman. Any kind of woman. I'm talking about a wife. I don't need a wife. You're the one who can't sleep at night. You're the one who feels listless, restless. Oh, what would I do with a wife? You'd lead a normal life. And that's your opinion? Yes. Your considered professional opinion? I would say it is. I'll take it under advisement. Why, it's Mr. McDowell. May I come in, Miss Plunkett? Yes. Uh, How is your social Rivera? It's doing quite well, thank you. Well, Mr. McDowell. May I have a chair? Uh, Please. Miss Plunkett, I'm here to offer you a proposition. Well, that's... That's wonderful. It's been quite a while since anyone has made me one of those. Thank you for this terrific boost to my morale. Miss Plunkett. I suppose you want to give me an apartment? A penthouse, a country house, a mansion, any of those. uh, uh, All of them. Servants? Of course. Furs, jewels? Yes. How about a yacht? If you really want one. Oh, how flattering. Miss Plunkett. And also how insulting. How can you say that? There is a class of woman, or a type, I suppose, that gets this type of offer on a daily, perhaps even an hourly basis. This kind of offer? I don't imagine one gets this lucrative kind of proposition on the streets, but the only real difference is the price. Proposition? Miss Plunkett, this is a proposal. A proposal? Of what? Marriage? Marriage? Oh, marriage, wedlock, uh, matrimony. uh, You want to marry me? Yes, yes, I am making you an offer. Do I detect a tone in your voice? What sort of tone? Is this how you talk to the stockholders of a corporation that you wish to take over? I am making you an offer. Miss Plunkett, I would like you to consider this offer. I don't like the word offer. It's used when you wish to buy something, not give something. Please, hear me out. Now, marriage is a merger, is it not? When I wish to acquire or or merge with another corporation, I study it completely. I analyze its weaknesses, its strengths. And have I also been subject to such close scrutiny? Oh, yes. Ah, I feel absolutely undressed. Miss Plunkett, I have been advised 
that it is uh, psychologically and physiologically desirable, even necessary, for me to marry. Mm, just as it is psychologically and physiologically desirable to acquire other companies. Why me? You represent top value. Oh, <laughs> is it possible that we are engaging in this kind of conversation? Miss Plunkett, I am serious. Yes, you are, and that's what makes it so... So what? Well, so tragic or so comic. I really can't decide which. Well, I'm at a loss to understand your reaction. As I've said, uh, uh, marriage is a merger... Do you agree? Well, yes, I would suppose so. It, 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 it is, in a, uh, a personal sense, the most important of all mergers. Can you deny that? No. Well, should it not be approached with the utmost caution and calculation and care? I don't know. At the age of 35, Miss Plunkett, you represent fantastic value. Really? And when did you fall in love with me, Mr. McDowell? Love? Was it when I tightened the wire to your coil? Miss Plunkett, love is a highly subjective emotion. It should not enter into this affair. But we're not discussing an affair. We're talking about marriage. Precisely. Miss Plunkett. I have the finest, most efficient, and effective research department in the world. I would assume so. I have turned them loose on this problem. Uh, love is a problem? Yes, exactly. They have been unable to come up with any tangible evidence that love even exists as a certifiable function. Really? Love is a snare. It's a delusion. It creates false hopes. It incites unreasonable passions, not to mention impossible expectations. You speak, I assume, from experience. Oh, no, 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 no. I've been immune to this, uh, what shall we call it, uh, fever. And this is how you propose marriage to me, Mr. McDowell? Yes. Oh, surely the advantages are obvious. Mm, so are the disadvantages. Well, name one, Miss Plunkett. Well, the most important one of all is what you just said. I beg your pardon? How can you propose to me and call me Miss Plunkett? Well, I assume we'll call each other by our first names as time wears on and we feel the moment. No, I'm afraid not. I fear that you shall always be Mr. McDowell as far as I'm concerned. And so I must refuse your offer or tender or whatever you may choose to call it. Well, I didn't expect an immediate favorable reply. I am aware that perhaps I do not strike you as a uh, romantic figure. But I go about things realistically. I, I think a marriage like a merger should be based on a sober, thoughtful analysis of all the facts. You do? Yes. Uh, would it have pleased you more had I rushed in here feverishly spouting all sorts of poetical doggerel and vowing to destroy myself unless you reacted favorably to my proposal? Yes, it would have. But that's nonsense. The kind of nonsense that makes the world go round. I beg to differ. My world, Mr. McDowell, my world. 
And I don't believe you could ever live there. You know the old saying, put your money where your mouth is? Well, he did. And she turned him down. How could she do that? He's one of the richest men in the world. Is this a case of where a girl says no because she really means yes? We shall explore this psychological matter further in the second act. On the face of it, it looks like a marriage made in heaven, simply because there's so little chance of it happening here below. A fabulously wealthy man encounters quite by accident an average young lady and proposes to her. Perhaps it does happen occasionally, say, uh, with the same frequency that people win a million in the sweepstakes. May I ask you to reconsider my proposal, Miss Plunkett? Why? I believe you have no inherent objections to marriage. None at all. Well, may I ask, then, why you've never married? Well, I've never met a man who appealed to me enough. Uh, one who... Uh, one who measures up to your romantic standards. Perhaps. You are 35 years old, is that true? <laughs> you can expect to live until 80. The second half of your life is almost about to begin. But yes, if you put it that way. May I speak frankly? To what purpose? You have spent the first half of your life in the pursuit of romance. Obviously, it has eluded you... What have you to look forward to? Well, now, see here, Mr. McDowell. You can only have a life of decreasing expectations. You teach biological science at a high school. You earn $19,000 a year. I get another 1500 for coaching girls lacrosse. Yes, you have another 30 years until mandatory retirement. You will receive increases, it's true, but will they keep up with inflation? Your pension... What will be worth in real money when you are ready to call on it? Mr. McDowell, I must ask you to leave. From here, it shall all be downhill toward an old age of loneliness and poverty. <gasps> you leave a woman with very little, don't you? It's the truth that leaves you with so very little. And is this how you assault the people who own the companies you intend to acquire? Well, I merely point out to these corporations the futility of their present course of action and offer them an opportunity for a profitable operation. Is that all I am to you? A corporation? <sighs> Get out of here. I beg your pardon? Leave before I call the police and have you thrown out. Well, there's no point in calling the police. Why? Have you acquired them, too? Miss Plunkett, I shall leave if you want me to. Please do that. As you say. Uh, uh, uh Mr. McDowell. Yes, Miss Plunkett. Uh, uh, oh, permit me to apologize. I, I was rude. I, I had no right to lose my temper, but I... Well, I do feel that I was most severely provoked. Well, that's quite all right. You are, after all, a guest in my house. Well, I'm used to this kind of reaction. This is how everyone responds to me the first time. But after they've all had a chance to sleep on it, they come round. Do they? Yes. And so will you. Why, you... 
get out of here.
always the same words. What language is that? It is not of this earth. I have written down the words and stretched them out and wound them around the wall. Soon the words shall fall into place and we will understand. Of what race is he? Of one like ourselves. I find him handsome. Well, we shall see. Soon he shall awake. I hope so. Or he shall die. The matter is not in our hands. Miss Plunkett. How, how did we get here? Where are... You? You're not Miss Plunkett. No. I am Zoa. the trouble? You're... You're not wearing any clothes. Clothes? Oh, yes, clothes. It means covering for the skin. Uh, I, uh, I'm not wearing any clothes either. Why would one require clothes? Because, uh... Because, I suppose, modesty... Modesty? I shall wrap that word about the ball and see what it means. What ball? The ball of wisdom. Wait. Where am I? You are with the people. What people? The people. Well, there are no others. Yeah, but where... Where is this? How did I get here? You fell from the sky. Who are you? I am Taro, chief of the people. She is my daughter, Zoa. What happened? The metal bird sickened and died and plunged into the sea. Ross, my pilot. Where is he? One cannot say. We saw you in the water, and the young men swam out and brought you here. But where is here? Here is the place. The only place. But who are you? You don't look like natives. That is, uh, you could be the same people I see on the streets of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Place those words on the ball, my daughter. No, you don't. You don't have to. It's a name of a city. It's a city uh, east of here somewhere. There are no cities east of here. There are no other cities in this world. There aren't. Well, where do I come from? The same place from whence we came a million years ago. What are you talking about? Our ancestors, they lived in the sky, among the stars. One day they took a ship and flew here. They had the secrets, the great secrets of magic. But the ship burned, and all were destroyed, except the ball, 
which mixes the language of all living things and transforms it into the language of the people. Right, look, I've, I've got to get out of here. I've, I've, I've got to get back. I... Oh! Oh! That hurts. You must rest. Jonas. Yes? Jonas. What does the name mean? How do I know what it means? He is feverish, my daughter. We must let him rest. But you don't understand... I'm Jonas McDowell. I can buy and sell anyone and everyone in this place, whatever it is and wherever it is. Please, rest. I can't afford to rest. Let us leave him and all the spirits that are fighting to possess him. I hope for his sake that the good ones shall conquer. <laughs> So do we. Remarkable, isn't it? How fortunes change so quickly and so completely. One of the richest, most powerful men in the world is suddenly flung into the midst of some primitive people who are not at all impressed by him. Well, you know what they say. Class will tell. Cream will rise to the top. The third act will give us the answers. McDowell, before whom the entire financial world trembles, isn't scaring anyone at all right now. His plane has gone down somewhere in the Pacific and he's been rescued by some primitive people. Notice, we didn't say primitive savages because it is yet to be determined who are the savages, the primitives, or the civilized. But let us not bog down into that just yet. Anyhow, Jonas is not having a happy time of it at this point. Do you feel better this morning, Jonas? Yes, I... I think so. Jonas, I have consulted the ball. Jonas means a dove. A dove? It should be Jonah, but that's the same thing. Is that important? Are you a dove, Jonas? No. I would say I was, uh... I'm more like an eagle. An eagle? Oh, wonderful. Why? What's in a name? You see, Jonas Eagle, I am in love with you. You're in love with me? Why? Because you have blue eyes and they shine so bright. And you shall be my consort. Consort? Yes. When my father dies... I will be the queen of the people. But I'm not in love with you. No, that's true. But once it is permitted us to make love to each other, you will love me. How you will love me. Daughter, what is this talk I had just overheard? I love him. I want to marry him. I cannot give this the blessing of the people until he is tested. Tested? For what? Until we determine your rank, we shall set the time for the testing. Rest well until we meet again. What's that? Uh, the time for testing? Oh, it is to decide your place among 
the people. People, we have here the stranger from the sky whose name is Dove. He aspires to the hand of the Princess Zoa. Hold on, hold on. I never said that I wanted to marry. You must never interrupt the chief of the people until he has been assigned his place among the people. There can be no hope of marriage with anyone. The testing will now begin. Boxing. Russell, step forward. What do you mean by boxing? Boxing, the use of the hands. It is important with us. When I come to three, you and Russell shall begin to box. But I don't know anything. One. I don't know anything about two, it. Two. Boxing. Three. <laughs> Quickly. Rise to your feet. It is now time to wrestle. But do not step forward. On the count of three, you and Jonas shall begin to wrestle. Look here. One, two, three. Hey, wait up. Foot racing. Archery. Jonas, it is obvious you are not a warrior. However, just as important as the martial arts are the domestic arts. Pottery. Ah, pottery. I'm an expert at pottery. I own a company that makes millions of jars and pots each year. Excellent. Here's clay and water and a wheel. Make one. Oh, I, I can't make one myself. I, I hire people to do that. You cannot make a pot? No, not with my own two hands. Very well, we must proceed to the weaving of cloth. Can you weave cloth? Look, I own some textile factories. Here it is a loom. I can't do it myself. Can you fell trees? We have lumber operations. Good. You will cut down trees, trim them properly, split them, notch them, fit them together to build a hut. But I couldn't actually do any of that. It seems there is very little you can do with your own hands, Jonas. Father, there are other things. Perhaps he can prepare food. Do you know anything about food, Jonas? Food? Yes, of, of course. We control several meatpacking plants, uh, some uh, milling operations, frozen fruit and vegetable facilities. You will prepare the evening meal for the people. You will catch the fish in the water, hunt the pig in the jungle. Oh, I, I couldn't possibly do that. I, I don't... My daughter, I do not know what is left. Wait. Perhaps, perhaps he is a healer. A healer, the most important of all the arts. Can you heal the sick? Look, I control several very important drug companies that are doing fantastic things in research. Bring him to Liira, who lies dying. Perhaps he can cure her. Ah! 
Gluira. See how she lies there. Yes. Yes. Her head is hot. She perspires freely. I see. What is to be done for her? She obviously has a fever. Yes. But it... It could disappear just like that. Just give her some penicillin. Penicillin? Yes, or any of the sulfurs. Uh, what else do they use? The, 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 the myosins. Uh, they keep coming out with new things to knock out fever. But how can you get rid of the fever? Me? Yes. You. Jonas, I have come here to give you the decision of the Council of the People. A decision? You have been assigned to a rank among us. Oh? You were given a free and fair trial. Well... You had the opportunity to show your skills... And you have none. None at all. Therefore, you have no rank. You have no status. You are to be a slave. A slave? You will run errands and fetch and carry. Wait a minute. Jonas, you are fit for nothing else. You are not a soldier, a hunter, a fisherman, a farmer. A cook, a weaver, a potter, a doctor, a builder. You have absolutely no skills. But I do, I do. Then tell me. I... I know how to make money. Money? What is money? Father, what have I heard? He is to be a slave. You have seen Zora. He is fit for nothing else. Jonas. What is it? What are you doing? I... Nothing. But that canoe. I was just... thinking... I understand. Poor Jonas. But there is nowhere to go except in the metal bird. This canoe? How far can one go? Only a few miles away is the rim of the world. And one falls into the pit of eternal darkness. I must get back. I must go back to... My people. We are your people now, Jonas. And I love you. You love me. I want to marry you. But you can't. Not if I'm a slave. I cannot marry you if I am to be a queen. But I can marry you if I am willing to become a slave. And I would. Become a slave for you? For me? Yes. Why? Because that is what love is. Love? That's what love is. That's what love is. Yes. I see it now. 
My research department, which costs me millions of dollars a year, couldn't explain it. And here you come up with the exact definition. Love. Yes, love. To follow without question the will of the loved one. Will you do something for me? Anything. Teach me how... How to navigate this canoe. But... Yes, my love. Just for that reason. 